Welcome to part two of our interview with Pat. Today we go over a little bit of his work in PRN, moving to different clinics, as well as working under several different PTs and what that's been like. So let's go ahead and jump right in. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. So we actually have not ever had anybody on who is a PRN. And so I was wondering, okay. what's it like being sure. a PRN versus part-time versus um, full-time? What are the benefits? What's the pay? Um, I know that usually you don't get benefits. So kind of what's that Correct. look like if anybody's looking to go PRN? Because I've thought about it too. Um, you know, is there a better benefit than part-time sometimes? I think the ultimate benefit to PRN, which I really enjoyed, was the schedule flexibility. Um, I mean, pretty much it was kind of like a, I mean, the way that they did it, at least when I worked PRN to them, was it was kind of like a free-for-all, where at, like, you know, clinics would call you and say, hey, we need, you know, we're looking for help on this date, or we're, we're looking for help on these dates, and um, then it's up to you to keep track of your own calendar and say, yeah, I'm going to work these, yeah, I'm going to work this date. Um, so it's, it's really kind of like the ultimate leverage of like, you know, if you decide that you really don't want to work next specific Friday, then just tell them no. Like you have the, you have the right to say no to whatever shifts you want to, or say yes to as many as you want to. Mm-hmm. I think they're not going to cap you at a certain number if they're, you know, if you're here and they're not paying you benefits usually. So, um, obviously not getting benefits is one of the drawbacks. Um, the other drawbacks are that at least for that company, if um if they were if they got slow enough that they didn't need you they would usually call you off too so if you're reliant on a specific set number of hours every single week like financially then that could be not a great situation because then it's used you know if a clinic says hey we need you on this date but then they have a bunch of cancels and they don't need you they're going to tell you to stay home mm-hmm. they're just going to bring you they're just going to bring you in just, just for the sake of bringing you in yeah yeah sure so and that's that's what happened to me towards the end is a lot of clinics got slow and I got called off a lot of shifts. So I ended up losing hours and um so it was and it was tough to recoup a lot of that because, you know, if everybody's slow, then it's kind of tough to find anybody who needs help. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's a good point. It's different it's different. So the company I work for now actually has a scheduling coordinator. So his job is to manage all of everyone's like vacation coverage and all that fun stuff or people ask for extra help like have certain clinics getting really busy so he manages our float staff and he also manages prn people so mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little different if i would have worked prn for this company it would have been just him contacting me whereas everybody else there sorry whereas for the previous company i worked for it was like all the individual clinics would contact you so it's kind of like a swarm of people, like whoever got to me first, I would be like, oh yeah, I heard, yeah, I could have said yes or no to whoever, but it's yeah. a little different for this company because it would have just been one guy saying, hey, I could use you here, here, and here, you know, here are your options. Um, it may, I'm sure on, it makes it a little easier to, yeah, you know, to organize, keep it all organized yeah, too absolutely. by one person right. versus like, you're like, wait, did I agree 100%. to that? Hey, huh, uh, wait, huh, huh, <laughs> I, yes. I 100% double booked myself more than once with the previous Uh-oh. company. So yeah, <laughs> or, or not even, not even the, like, I would, I might've said yes to one company, but then they never confirmed why I texted again to confirm. So I said yes to somebody else. And then suddenly I looked at their schedule and I'm on two schedules and I'm like, okay, who needs me more? Cause you know, it's like, I can't be in two places at once here. So yeah. 
Actually, like, you didn't confirm. You know, I said yes. Yeah, but you didn't. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was always like the week of. I would I always text like Sunday. I would text every one that I was working every clinic that I was going to work at and be like, "Hey, just confirming it. You got me down for these dates. Like, am I still good for them?" And obviously, yeah, that could that was subject to change based on how their schedule changed throughout the week. I mean, we all know that yeah. working an outpatient that you can't look at. Friday's schedule at the beginning of the week and just assume Friday's going to look like it does now. It's going to change, you know, to a certain degree. So sometimes I st- wish it stayed the same. I would love to have a Oh, yeah, Friday. of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You always hope for that dream schedule. Like you have that whole list of patients you like and whatnot. But, uh, right. Yeah. You're like, if you don't you come wonder, in today, yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. True. True. Now yeah, you definitely have all those two where you're like, you know, if that person canceled on a Friday, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So. So with being PRN and taxes, for example, like, did were you considered uh-huh. mainly like a contractor, an independent contractor with them? Did they kind of still give you the normal W-2 forms being with a bigger company? I, um, yeah. I, if my memory serves me correctly, I think I did get a standard W-2 from them. Okay. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I guess in the technical sense of the word, you're a contractor because you can, I do know a, a girl that had that does PRN for both companies so the my previous employer and the current one now she'll do PRN for both Mm -hmm. so but I guess there's nothing stopping her from doing it because as long as she doesn't like cross her hours over she can do however many she wants to with either company so um, I know a lot of PRNs who will do that sometimes yeah Yeah, the ones I know they'll have like a multiple 1098 or something like that yeah. Just saying. Yeah. That's why I'm like, it depends. Those... I think it depends on how the company classifies you and how they want to do it. If sure. they want to be responsible yeah. for taking out your taxes or if and... not. So I do think it varies by company, but I was just curious um, if you kind of well, had so The person I know that's done it, they were considered an independent contractor, but they also factor in their miles as well. So because they weren't technically an employee for each company they were at. Depending on sure. the distance that they were driving, they would also factor that into their taxes. I don't know if that's a really a pro or a con. Kind of just depending on what you're looking for. W two just kind of includes I, everything and it makes it easy. I don't know. So and I, I'm I don't know if that I don't know if I would have gotten mileage. So I know at least for the current company I work for now, if you're a PRN, you don't get paid mileage. But if you're a on the float pool full time, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So they my my previous company like you had a whole base clinic that you worked at and then whoever the manager of that home-based clinic was your supervisor. But when I was on the float pool for my current company, they, your home base was your house because then you got reimbursed for mileage based on, you know, how far you went. Like if you went, ours was, ours is if you go at least 30 miles, then you get reimbursed one way, but if it's 50, you get both ways. So if it's at least okay. 50 miles, then you get the whole hundred mile round trip reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I don't, uh, it is, and I've done it multiple times. <laughs> I, there's a clinic. The one clinic is exactly 50 miles away, and I wasn't wow. a regular there wow. for several weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm like, I don't know. He See, he barely, he's like, if I've got to drive like 10 minutes from my house, he goes, it's so far. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California, and nothing's that far. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, everything's far for me. So I'm like, yeah, that's not that bad. Uh, again, I'm, I'm one of the crazy ones, but with being PRN, how did it go with like, would you come in and you just kind of keep everything the same? Would you progress patients? Like, how did it go with kind of working with some of the PTs just, you know, for one day, not knowing really all of the routines and exercises and. Yeah, that's, that that was a, 
that was even a challenge being in the float pool too, because, you know, it's the same concept where you, you know, even when I was a floater for this company, you know, it could have been five clinics in five days, or even you might, if I did a split shift and you did six clinics in one week. Um, oh, wow. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like most of my MO was just to keep the status quo and not change anything because then if I didn't see them to follow up with them, then how would I have known what was different, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, even if I was, you know, you can't even assume that even as a floater for the company I'm with now, you can't even assume that you're going to be somewhere because it might say that on the schedule and then it might change. So there were definitely times where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in, I mean, I'm scheduled here next like, yeah, next Thursday. So if you're in, I might see you, but then it'll change and then I won't see them again. So I, I think I tried just to keep the status quo and just keep everything where it was. I mean, maybe at minimum, like I would just like, if they'd been on the same weight for like 10 visits in a row, I'm like, yeah, why don't we just thump this up like a powder too? Like little things like that. I'm not gonna add like a whole new like manual to their program or something like that. Unless the PT specifically came to me and said, hey, like, progress this patient as much as you want to like add this increase this way like i would wait for their direction on that um to do that kind of stuff which and it happened a lot too it, it happened quite frequently where i would you know even here in where somebody would come to me and be like hey do whatever you want to with this person they'll tolerate it so mm -hmm. but i yeah. think more often than not i just got like you know just like okay we're gonna do everything that's on here so that if something grows wrong with them they can't be like that prm guy is the one who messed it up like <laughs> That guy who's not even here anymore. That he guy, ran away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, my favorite is when I so I recently just switched clinics um to one of our big busier clinics, which is it's totally fine. Um, but it was hilarious going in the very first day because I'd be like, Where is your guys's uh where's your ball? Um and patients uh, yeah. are like, Oh, it's right. kept over here. And I'm like, Thanks. Right. <laughs> They're yeah. all like showing you yeah, where the patients where have to teach you are. everything. Yeah. Definitely the most nerve-wracking part about being like that first, you know, even in my experience as a flirter now, that first time at that one clinic is knowing like, even some of them just like where the front door is, like some of the clinic, the way they're set up, like yes. some of them are actually literally challenging, like, where do I go in at? Because yeah, there we have some where the wrong one. Yeah. Or there's one where I'm ever going to one where literally they had an employee entrance around the back that I had no idea about. So I'm sitting there like, you know, the, the clinic start time rolls around. I'm sitting there looking at my watch, like, where is it? Like, it's nine o'clock. Where is everybody? Like, and not knowing that they're already in, all, all, they're all in there already. Did they get in the back door? So, um, yeah, obviously the next time I went there, I knew, hi, it's like, I know where the back door is now. So I don't, you know, we'll get fooled again by this, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I would say that it's, I would say most people have been pretty good about it where they're like, you know, they'll give you like a dive tour, like, you know, and I, I also got a lot of, you know, I feel like the floating position is one that a lot of people take like out of school first. Like, I feel like they have a lot, they've had a lot of new grads as floaters. So I uh, like the first two questions I get are, you know, how long have you been with the company for and how long you're pricing for, because then they want to know like, okay, can I just show you where everything is and you know how to do your job? Or am I also going to have to kind of like babysit you and like kind of walk you through the ropes here of what to do? So yeah. Um, so it was, I got a lot of, I got a lot of size of relief from people out. Like, oh no, I've been, you know, practicing for almost seven years now. And they're like, oh good, here's where I'm going to do your job. You know? <laughs> literally, I, it was the same, literally just like two weeks ago, I switched over to this one. It was the same thing. They're like, oh, so are you new with the company? I was like, no, I've been at our other location for like eight months. And they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, have fun. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Guys. I'm like, you guys yep. still do things slightly different. Come back. 
<laughs> as much but, as they tell you that it's all the same throughout the company, it's always slightly different at each location, right? Slightly that's, different. That's, that's true. Anyway, that's true. And then, like, how you know. they perform an exercise versus how someone else performs an exercise, you're like, there's yep. literally seven ways yep. to perform this exercise. Mm-hmm. And it literally just says knee extension. Yeah. I could do and so many same, different and ways. seven different names, too. Seven different names, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's learning all like the different things. And so it's pretty funny. Uh, my favorite's when you, you, and it's nerve wracking too, because then patients sometimes give you that look of like, you yeah, know what do you're you doing, really know what you're doing? This is yeah. slightly oh, different. Yeah. And, you know, I used to, if I ever did something like that, like when I was younger, I used to kind of get like nervous and be like, oh, you know, think like, oh, you know, maybe they're not going to like me. And then I just was straight up and be like, oh, you know, I'm new to this clinic. Sometimes I was like, there's different ways to perform different exercises, which aren't wrong. But, sure. you know, if that's the way you guys have been doing, let's go ahead and do it that way. Like, I feel like the more kind of you're honest about it to the T, you know, you got to pick and choose mm-hmm. who who you tell certain things to. But I sure. found the more you're kind of honest, the more forgiving patients are if you you don't perform mm-hmm. things exactly the same. Do you kind of feel like it's the same way, like floating around? Yeah. A lot? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I also kind of, especially if the patients are more well established, I kind of let them direct the flow. Like if they have a, if they have a routine they go through, I'm like, you go through your routine. I'm just here to help. Like, like I'm here to correct form and help as needed and do manuals and call it a day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the really challenging ones are the people who have like, if they're on like visit number two, and they have like no like established program and you're like, well, I'm gonna build everything from the ground up here. So that's gonna be fun. But- right. You're like, okay. And then my thing also was always scheduling patients. Like, I don't know about you. Uh yeah. you kind of try to schedule at the end and then you're like, I kinda know how we would do it, but like, is this patient okay paired with this patient? Or can you go mm-hmm. on someone sure. else's? You're like, how's it going? You're like trying to figure out like how that works. Yeah. It's- would you, you just kind of send them to the front or yeah yeah else? especially either when i worked here in or even as a floater i was like look i'm not a regular at this clinic so you got to talk to them about it or um <laughs> or if they had even if they had a question about like you know how how like so about frequency of scheduling or hey can i be done soon i'd be like oh no that's that's on them not me like you gotta talk to them about it mm-hmm. um but i feel like we we do i mean we play that card as pt gays all the time where her patient's like hey i want to be done i'm like never talk to the pt that's them yeah they're there, the plan of care deciders and enders and are the ones who can make those decisions, not me. So I'm like, so yeah, especially, well, yeah. I, I'm like, I, yeah. I had a PT one time. I was like, well, you can kind of talk to him. I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. I go, uh, there's an extra letter behind my name, so I don't have to. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, mean, I can provide input. Yeah, yeah. You can, we can provide input, of course. I mean, a lot, I yes. know a lot of PTs like value that input from us, like what we think if they... Yeah, if we think that they're actually close to being done or not, but they're ultimately the one kind of banging the bringing the uh, the uh, gravel, saying, "Yeah, this is you know, this is the end for them." So, yeah, I had a PT one time tell me, "Oh, well, once you feel like they're discharged, just go ahead and tell them that they're done." And I was like, "Nope, nope, not my call. Yeah. <laughs> not my call. That is back to you." <laughs> I was like, "I'm not going to be the one who said." The patient does something and then comes back and was like, I wasn't ready. You guys discharged me too soon. And Laura said I was good to go. And uh, nope, not my call. <laughs> it's, it's funny sometimes the the things you run into with different because you'll have like, I'm sure you saw this um, switching from PT to PT. You have ones that are very mm-hmm. strict and they have their ways they like yeah. things. 
And then you yes. have ones that are oh, just yeah. kind of like, yeah, you're good. Just don't yep. re- don't injure them more or something like that. And you're like, yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah. there's even one specific clinic within my company now that's known for this where they have two PTs at that clinic and they're so opposite and it's just that one of them is very like, this is the way this needs to be done. If it's, yeah, is yours like that too, Ken? Where you're like, yeah. one's like, it needs to be done this way. If it's not, I will come find you and tell you how you are wrong in doing this. And the other one's literally just like, hey, don't kill him. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah we have like we have that. one pt who kind of just like yeah just get the moving it's fine and the other one's yeah, like okay yeah. we need to do this this and this like this, we this, need to stretch this, specifically yeah. this we're gonna work on this right. and work on this yeah. and the one's like dude the guy is stiff just just move him like just whatever do mobility yeah. you got sure. it's fine yeah oh i feel like this could go either way for either of them i think i know who's who <laughs> i'm pretty sure you can but guess it right i probably could guess it right um I completely forgot what my train of thought was going on now. As far as like one uh, of the, was it like different neat little skills that you use like now that you picked up from different PTs that you can recall? Like, I usually always do this now because I really like this technique or this tool or this exercise. I feel even with our small clinic, we definitely feed off each other. One person will do an exercise like, oh, I've never done that before. And now it becomes like a staple. (laughs) Have you picked anything from any of the PTs you've worked with? Yeah, I'm sure that I have somewhere along the line. And yeah, there's been so many that I'm like, oh, where who would I'm trying to think of a specific like example of like what what PT told me to do this this way. And yeah, and I feel you know, maybe we all go through that too when we're like when we're just out of school, we remember, okay, I remember exactly which class I learned this in. Yeah, the mm-hmm. skill in. And now and yeah, now I'm like I don't remember wow. where where I learned this from. And I picked this up from somebody, I don't remember where, but um I, I would, I would say just in general that my, like my manual, like hands-on therapy background is probably mostly derived from the first company I worked for. I mean, that was like, that was definitely the strongest, like hands-on techniques clinic that I've ever worked for. And, um, even throughout all the places that I've floated to in my current company and all the PRN places I visited for the last one, uh, but the first one's definitely the strongest one. So I feel like a lot of my basis for how I approach things and how I do things still derives from that first one. And there are still times where I will still go to different clinics and Dale, yeah, Dale, well, not as much anymore now that I'm at one location, but even when I was floating, I would go to different clinics and be like, why is this being treated this way? Like I'm kind of being critical in a way, like, you know, why are you not doing this technique here? I'd be like, yeah, I'd ask the PT, like, have you considered doing this this way more than anything else? But, um, yeah, I, I. I definitely struggle to think of like a specific example of like, you know, I definitely learned this from this person, you know, Mm -hmm. how many patients do you see like, like on average per day that have they been pretty consistent across all three companies or has it changed from company to company? Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, the scheduling at the first clinic was definitely the most that I saw like at any point in my career and still remains as such. Um, and then the press too have been about the same in terms of like, you know, the way that they block their scheduling and stuff like that. I would say right now, I mean, the, the my location has, is a little on the slower side, but I would say right now, um, on my shorter days, probably like four to six and longer days, like eight to 10. Wow. Man, I get so, chipped over yeah. here. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that many I patients saw, per day. I yeah. saw 16 on Monday. 
Granted, it was also a nine-hour day. I will give it that. <laughs> I mean, it's still less than what we saw when we started. Yes, yeah. um, which is really funny. I was actually kind of just thinking that, Ken. It sounds like a lot of kind of what you went through in your first setting to now where you are has kind of been a little bit of about the same about how me and Ken have both gone through our first setting and then kind of what we look into our second settings and even third settings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny that, you know, we are in different states and everything, but that is almost like a normal path. And it's okay that that path kind of gets taken and it's not necessarily the wrong because again, you can learn a lot from those busier clinics. Sure. You can learn, Yeah. you, you see a lot of patients, so you can see a lot of different things, but then at the same time, yeah. you can really learn how to be productive with your hands-on skills because you are limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and All so right. I, I'm the same way. I feel like my manual skills, um, definitely my soft tissue work and some of my range of motion skills were honed in at that very first clinic yeah. um because yeah. I, I was i had to be very effective with my time um because mm-hmm. you were seeing a lot more so it's it's just yeah. kind of i was laughing as you were kind of saying it well laughing in my head actually uh it's just as yeah. you're saying it because i was like we're literally miles and miles and states away from each other yeah. yet yep. you know you take similar paths in this field and yeah 100 percent you're not the only one that like i feel like a little bit of rite of passage not saying you have to do it but yeah i'm like i wouldn't wouldn't be upset if someone avoided that uh high volume to begin with because it's stressful it's not for everybody for sure yeah and but i feel like you take a lot of yeah you i mean it definitely like you said it though teaches you to be efficient with your time and then when you go to the clinics that are like you're seeing less people then it's like okay well yeah, now you're almost like too efficient to agree where you're like, well, I'm, you know, banging through all this stuff. And then you're like, okay, what do I do now? I'm kind of sitting, sitting around. Like, you still so, got 40 minutes left yeah. on your visit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would, you know, and back to the question that you would ask though about how many I see a day. I mean, my, yeah, like I guess, yeah, eight to 10 on long days, but that's, I mean, that number was different at the first clinic I worked at though, because the PT and PTA worked on those, you know, we had, people on RNA, but we would see them together with a tech. Mm. So our numbers were based off of both of our schedules combined. So we would kind of see everyone as like a team effort and go from there. Whereas the last two of our whoever's on your schedule, you're seeing alone, you know? Yeah. That's, that's more of like what I have too. Yeah. Um, how does, how does we'll the joint work? I'm kind of curious. Like if you guys both saw them, do you guys both saw the same patient the same day? Like would one person do the manual and the other person do the exercises or... Yeah, it essentially ended up working out that way to a degree. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it was yeah, I mean, one person yeah, would yeah. take the measurements, one person would do the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking yeah, sure. like my inpatient days yeah. would do like co treatments with like OT. Like, all right, I get the legs, you get the sure. arms. All right, let's do this. Arms. Yep. Yep. Always. Yep. I, it's funny that you bring up OTs. Our clinic has OTs in it. And this is my first time really working in a, like an outpatient clinic with OTs. And so we had a patient who's being seen for PT for his knees, but he's uh, doing OT for his wrists and his hands. And he's like, oh, can we start adding? And I'm so glad that I just happened to like figure out that because he was new to me. And he's like, I really want to strengthen my wrists. And I was like, wait, aren't you doing OT? They're they're working with your hands. Like it says I kind of can, but I'm like, I don't want to cross do something. I was like, you know what? Let me follow up with them. Um, Yeah. 
which is just a unique situation to kind of come across because it is hard when you're coming into that new clinic to be like, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, it's there. Okay. We're doing it. And then if no one tells you like, oh, by the way, this patient's gives you the lowdown. Sometimes you can, they're like, oh, why'd you do that? You know, he's doing it this way. And you're like, I don't know. You didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it can be tough sometimes being in that position of like not fully knowing all the patients and who they are and, um, it is nice and convenient, but I will say the one thing I love about our field is the fact that you can go from working full-time to PRN to mm-hmm. part-time and then go back to being full-time or take a mm-hmm. year off and come back into it. Um, which I'm sure was, like you said, was so valuable with your son, but put you in a great mm-hmm. position where when you need to, you can go back now working with a young one. How's that like? <laughs> Um, it's definitely challenging. Uh, it was definitely, it was definitely more challenging in the beginning. And it's, you know, I was really thankful that, you know, I was still with that first company when I did, when we had him, because then everybody knew. So, and they're, you know, inevitably when you see, you know, all your patients obviously know, and then it's almost like they understand, especially the ones who are parents, because then they'll all, you know, they always ask like, so how are you sleeping at night? Like, what's, what's the deal here? You know, it's, so like people get more patient. Get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, people get it. They're like, yeah, they, they'll see days where you're just dragging like a zombie and you're like, so did you rest night with the kid last night? You know, and <laughs> I need to, yeah, it's definitely, definitely challenging when you, uh, you first, when you first start off, because then you're like, you know, if bedtime is, you know, my, for my sons, for example, my son's bedtime was like a two hour ordeal when he was first born. Like it was like, he just like took forever to fall asleep. So by the time we actually got him in bed, like my wife and I would turn around and crash, but then he might wake up two hours later and want to feed again. And then just like, it was another two hour ordeal after that show. Um, but yeah, it was definitely challenging to beginning to get used to having that littles and non-continuous sleep. Like it was very broken up into like a couple hour segments here and there. Um, I would say now it's, it's definitely way easier now. I mean, I try, so my long days is I go from nine to seven. So there's a really good chance that when I get off work, he might be asleep already. So I, if I, I try to leave as close to on time as I can, because if I do, then there's a good chance he might still be awake. And I kind of get like that last, like a minute or two of cuddling with him before I put him down. Right. And that's, you know, I'll take that one or two minutes over nothing. So, um, but I do get. Like on my short days, I'm wanting to pick some up from daycare. So I do get some time with him in the afternoon to kind of like, you know, make it feel like I'm not missing out too much on those long days, at least. And then how are companies, because let's just be honest, kids are little germs. They bring them everywhere with them. How has it been with like companies? Do you feel like, oh, hey, I can't come in because my my kid is sick. Um, In most cases, have they all been kind of, you know understanding and do you get a little pushback or any of that kind of stuff nope and you know especially uh the probably the worst of it has been since i joined this current company and i feel like it was just like one never-ending illness like when i first joined like i was sniffling and seizing when i on my first day with this company and it continued for like a month after that and it was just like you know just a constant cold for a while. And then there was a week in February where I had a fever for three days. I had to call off. And then, you know, we had a 
there, I remember there was one time where we we had an emergency room trip at two in the morning with my son. We were there till five in the morning. I was still at work mm -hmm. at eight. So, um, thankfully everybody's like pretty understanding about that. It's, yeah, especially when I was a floater because the, yeah, my scheduling guy was, has two kids of his own. So he, yeah, he got it. He was like, you know, it's going to happen. You know, there's, you're just going to burn endless amounts of PTO and you're getting sick. Like it's just an inevitability. Um, so now that thankfully I haven't really gotten any, you know, major pushback about like, you know, why are you controlling your child being sick? You know, mm -hmm. so, and that, that was the biggest, so when I took my current position at one clinic, I, I kind of tried to impress that on my current boss. Like, Hey, it's not, it's a matter of, well, not a matter of if it's a matter of when there's yeah. going to be a point in time where I'm not going to be here because something's going on with him. Like that's, that's just going to happen at some point. Thankfully, knock on wood, we've been pretty good recently, but um just it's just gonna happen you know this happens you know yeah. it is what it is so. i will say like you've gone through the whole covid situation and everything like that sure um yep. i will say i feel like i've seen a swing in um just kind of the way sickness is approached now in our field again yeah um yep. which is nice because it was like oh you're dying you better get your butt in still you have yeah. patients yep. to see where now I feel like it's a lot more family first, really take care of yourself yeah. at the same time because they're realizing, sure. hey, if we just burn you out, we're just going to lose you in the field. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you guys are still feeling that even in Pennsylvania um, where mm -hmm. you guys are like, we're short. Like companies are literally trying to snag PTAs and PTs from other places because they can't find any. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so they're trying to really value those who they do have a little bit more in understanding and that kind of stuff, which I feel like is nice. I don't know if you saw a different kind of sense then too, but I've recently just kind of realized that. So. I definitely think, I think COVID has definitely made people more aware of that, at least to where they're just like, people are more cognizant of it, at least. Um, yeah, I don't think, uh, well, I don't know how my current company dealt with that situation, but I know my the employer that I was with, so my first employer, um, I know they were very like, you know, anytime you were even exposed, like it was automatic, like two weeks that you were out, like, you know, or until you, or you even had COVID, it was like, you know, you had to automatically quarantine for like two weeks after that. So, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I think we are definitely more sensitive to the whole like being sick thing. Um, I feel like that's also an older, it's like an older generation mentality that's like, the baby boomer mentality where like they won't miss an appointment for anything, even if they're like dying. Um, I've definitely noticed that in my, like, like I remember one clinic I worked for one time I answered the phone and they were like, Hey, I'm going to be a little late. I just threw up. And I'm like, no, we're going to reschedule you right now, actually. Cause uh, <laughs> now when you coming in here like that, like, mm -mm. yeah, I, at the same clinic, I had another gentleman who he was on his way out for his appointment. Um, balance patient had fallen and cracked his head open and it was literally like a scene straight out of the movie where he's like bleeding all over his face and all over and i'm like what are you doing here like go to the emergency room like the he's like, like my pt we're yeah we were on our way here and i'm like well no great yeah you're gonna reroute to the er right now like i'll show you how to get there so you're like if, in fact if you really want a fast trip i'll call 911 ambulance can come get you well, well, to that, that clinic that I was, I was an aide at that clinic, but that was an outpatient clinic that was actually in the hospital. So we oh, could literally go through, oh, yeah, we could <laughs> go through, yeah, I, I knew how to get through the hospital to get right to the ER. And I'm like, yeah, just drive them off right, the, right inside the door. So <laughs> you're like, here, not my problem now. Yeah. 
Bye. <laughs> During like, COVID at all? Nice you guys. <laughs> During COVID at all, did you do any telemedicine? Or like the I, telehealth? We had one. Yeah, we had one person who did a like telehealth eval. Like my PT that I worked with did one of those the entire time. And then the guy just came in after that. And I guess there was like some sort of miscommunication because the guy said, oh yeah, I would have come in like right away. But I, yeah, I guess he just kind of misunderstood what was going on. So they, he just, that was the only one that he had done though. So. Oh, after that it was, it was still all in person. Did you guys see like a drop in yeah. patients? I'm assuming like it just wasn't as busy. Oh, yeah. 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 Like 80, 80, probably. So March, 2020 was probably that first like incidents like when COVID like really started mm -hmm. hitting that we dropped off like 80% right off the bat. Um, I mean, that's when we had to start brainstorming ways. I got part-time furloughed for about four or five weeks, I think. Um, yeah. but that's when we went to, we installed curtain rods that curtains would go between the beds. We increased the amount of space between the beds and went to the whole regular roll and stuff like that. So, um, I bet we. I bet I wore masks to work and I'm sure you guys are probably pretty similar for like two years before they finally stopped or said it was optional. Um, was it longer or shorter for you guys? I think I it was shorter like. for us. Mm, I think oh, it was, maybe I, I blocked it, that from my memory. I'm like, I refuse yeah. to think of that. <laughs> yeah. I think it for us because I was with, I was with my last employer when they stopped and I think that was like june or july of 2022 that they were like yeah it's you know optional no, now ours which, definitely which actually way before that once 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 they said that no it was, it was like nobody did like it was just an automatic that everyone stopped so yeah no our, our our ours was a he had a different approach than what most people i see <laughs> most companies I see. at so uh, you know it was definitely unique <laughs> uh -huh. put it that way Ken's laughing at me, but <laughs> no, I, I, I like, I know my company still, even now still takes things very seriously with that too, which Hey, sure. I mean, if you want to pay for, uh, you know, me getting tested still, whatever, <laughs> if I come in contact, so I'm not too worried about that, but, um, I was curious. So for example, Nevada has a weird rollout here. Where when you graduate, okay. when you graduate, you still have to do 2,000 hours. So pretty much your first year under direct supervision. Do you guys have anything like that? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know if. So, oh, I see what you're saying. So you're talking about like, um, like you guys have like an indirect supervision, like provision on your lessons or something like that. Like once you get past that first benchmark, then you can work like without a PC being in the building. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 So that it's, it's essentially the same thing at PA where it's like, you know, when you graduate, like you have your license, but then after you've worked it, like it's essentially like a year full time, then you can apply for your indirect supervision license and it's. Technically, for the state gives you a whole new license after that point, but um, but yeah, it's it's essentially the same law. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys have something very similar. Yeah. Sounds like. All right, and that just about wraps up part two of our interview with Pat. We do have him coming back for part three in our final episode on Friday, so be sure to tune into that episode don't forget to follow us on our instagram that's where we're the most active check out our youtube and join our discord hosted by nick it's called pta source and until then we'll catch you in the next one